listening to Radio Sega, and this is the Sega Lounge. Sit back, have a drink, and enjoy the conversation. And now, here are tonight's hosts, Casey and SSF1991. Well, not exactly, but anyway, good evening everyone, welcome to the Sega Lounge. Instead of uh, me and Donnie tonight, we actually just have me uh, on the show, uh, so it's, it's a bit more sad and lonely but it's it's a great show we'll have a shorter show tonight we'll do things a little bit differently but we have an awesome interview with our uh, week's guests uh, we'll be interviewing dylan cornelius of the um, segadas pod- uh, podcast and blog actually so the guy behind segadas.com will be uh, talking to to dylan and uh, finding out what he does on that blog uh, yeah, because the man is reviewing, playing and reviewing every game um, ever released for each of Sega's consoles, starting with the SG-1000. Awesome, awesome. So he'll be talking to us about that in a few minutes, but before that, let me tell you how you can interact with us during the show. This is, of course, pre-recorded as uh, per usual uh, these past few weeks. We'll have a live show soon, I promise. We need to arrange that. But it's been hard because of our guests. And they're all from different time zones. And it's hard to uh, get everyone uh, together at the same time for the live show Thursdays at 8pm BSC. But we'll we'll look into that and maybe we can have a live show soon. Uh, We'll certainly be having uh, awesome news for uh, Sega Lounge listeners in the future. Uh, So stay tuned to Radio Sega for that. But anyway, you can interact with us by uh, going to the IRC chat room. You can join us at uh, by going by typing radiose.ga forward slash IRC into your uh, browser uh, window and you will have access to our IRC chat room. Don't forget to change your nickname though so we know who you are. You can uh, join everyone listening in and chatting right now in the IRC chat room. You you can also join the, the chat room by opening your preferred IRC client, if that's more of your thing. Uh, the, the, the server is irc.surrealchat.net, so irc.surrealchat.net, and the chat room is, of course, hash Radio Sega. Uh, if you uh, prefer to send us a tweet, if you like Twitter more than the IRC chat room, just mention at Radio Sega on Twitter and or use the hashtag the Sega Lounge. We'll try to um, interact with you. Even uh, I, I, this is not live, of course, but I will probably be around the IRC chat room or at least on Twitter, and I will um, interact with whoever mentioned us and whoever comments on the show and the interview. Yes. Uh, as I said uh, earlier, this will be kind of a different show on uh, on the, for the Sega Lounge. We'll be straying away a bit from the the usual format. We usually have uh, our uh, introduction and then we'll uh, hop on to the news bit. But uh, instead of that, let's just do a quick music break and play 
uh, one or two tracks that were picked by um, by Dylan Cornelius, our guest, a week's guest on the Sega Lounge. So he asked us to play music from Toe Jam and Earl, Streets of Rage, Echo Dolphin and Sonic. Yes, so I think we'll start with a track from Toe Jam and Earl and then we'll uh, jump right on to Streets of Rage. So everyone take a listen to Funkatronic Beat from Toe Jam and Earl and then we'll have Moon Beach from Streets of Rage. When we get back I'll be just looking into the week's news um, and so don't go anywhere. This is the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. Take a listen to some awesome stuff from Toe Jam and Earl. Oh, <laughs> 
Hey, it's Benley Jones, and you are listening to The Sega Lounge with Donnie and KC.
So welcome back everyone, this is the SEGA Lounge on Radio SEGA and you just heard some awesome tracks Funkatronic Beat from ToeJam & Earl and then Moon Beach from Streets of Rage Well, this is time where we usually have Donnie's News Corner! Yeah! Yeah, but uh, it's not the case tonight because we don't have Donnie so we'll just have Casey's News Corner! Yeah! Or something like that Maybe we'll get a, a jingle uh, sometime soon, maybe not. Who cares? Anyway, uh, we have um, we don't have much on the news side. At least I, I I won't go too much into the news side of things. It's not my thing, so it's Donny's thing. Uh, I just wanted to mention one or two bits of info uh, we came across. The first one being Ghost Blade, the upcoming uh, shoot 'em up uh, coming to the Dreamcast next year sometime next year uh, so Hughcast Games uh, apparently uh, published a teaser a second teaser trailer for the game and uh, I was just looking at it from the um, Second Nerds web website and it looks good so maybe it will be an interesting game maybe we'll uh, try and get the people behind Ghostblade to come on the Sega Launch and we'll talk about that we'll probably try to get uh, the guys from Elysian Shadows or Elysian Shadows uh, that we already had on the show maybe we'll try to get them back on the show closer to the release date of Elysian, Elysian Shadows we'll try to do that so uh, stay tuned to Radio Sega for more news on that another thing I'd like to mention is the third episode of the Sega Hard Girls anime Awesome! Yes, uh, if you listened to us last week, you'll know that I'm a big fan of the, the Sega Heart Girls anime. Uh, and it's awesome, it's just 10 minutes long each episode, 10 minutes long. Too short, but it's uh, filled with Sega references. All the ha hardcore Sega fans will love it. And if you, even if you're not a hardcore Sega fan, it'll probably have something for you. Uh, this week is not that big on, on Sega references, I think, compared to, to previous episodes. But we have uh, we get an insight into which of the girls' personalities, I think, especially the Mega Drive. Mega Drive. I mean, it, it's awesome. It's awesome. There are so many jokes, but you'll need to check it out and find for yourself. And of course, there's a, a, a brief moment of the girls being in Space Channel Five. Yes. Uh, next week's episode will probably delve more into that, but uh, they enter the world of Space Channel 5 in this week's episode, episode number 3. We'll probably be uh, keep on talking about each episode of the Sega Heart Girls anime uh, every week because I love it so much. And I think Donnie watched it already, so he probably enjoys it too and will probably bond over... Uh, our views of the anime and we'll become best friends because we like the Sega Heart Girls anime. Or maybe not. Anyway, yes, go watch the Sega Heart Girls anime. Uh, it's uh, 10 minutes per episode, so it's not that that long and you'll really enjoy it, I think. Yes, last thing I'd like to mention, uh, our good friends, uh, or actually friend from the Sega channel, you probably remember Tyler from the Sega channel, he was on the show um, some months ago, a few months ago, and he uh, uploaded a, a, a video on his YouTube channel, channel 
Sega Channel, of course, um, with his dad, a video back in the day with his dad talking about Mega Drive games, and that particular game, that particular video, sorry, um, actually went almost viral because everyone was watching it, everyone was commenting on it. It's really sweet uh, how his dad uh, did stuff with him and recorded those videos talking about Sega games. Awesome. And actually, he was mentioned uh, on the Guardian uh, uh, British uh, newspaper. I'm not sure if the, the the thing was mentioned on the newspaper itself, but the website at least mentioned and posted the video. Uh, so yeah, congrats to to the second channel uh, because it's it's big and it's awesome. If you haven't uh, seen the, the the video, go look for that in the in the. Um, the Sega Channel's YouTube page, of course. <laughs> yes. So there's that, and that's actually about it for for news uh, right now. We I could mention a few other bits of, of news regarding Radio Sega. Uh, for example, I'm still not sure on next week's guest, but we probably have a big show next week. Okay, so if you're a Shenmue fan. Probably next week or the week after, we'll have an awesome show lined up for you. We'll have a special, special guest, but I want to go into that right now because I, I still don't know if it will happen next next week or uh, the week after. But stay tuned to the Sega Lounge for that. We also have some uh, new shows coming to uh, Radio Sega very, very soon. So if you're uh, craving for some new shows, the new live shows on Radio Sega, uh, we have something for you. Uh, we hopefully have something for all tastes right now, but we'll be expanding, having some more variety uh, when it comes to live shows, so stay tuned to Radio Sega and you'll find out what I'm talking about really, really, really soon. Don't forget to uh, also keep your eyes on RadioSega.net because all the news go from the website go on the main webpage and you'll find them out right there so people these were the news of the week we'll be jumping into the interview with dylan cornelius uh, right after this next music break we'll pl play as requested by dylan we'll play something from echo the dolphin and uh, a sonic track so we'll start with the uh, tube of medusa from echo the tides of time and then we'll have flying battery zone act one from sonic and Knuckles. So people, don't go anywhere. This is the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. We have an awesome interview coming up, so stay tuned for more of the Sega Lounge.
the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. Come on in and have a seat. Welcome back everyone, this is the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega and tonight we're joined by a man, a legend, that is Dylan Cornelius. I'm pronouncing your name right, Cornelius, right? Yeah, that's yes, right. That's and, right. And thank you for the legend quote. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know you, if I really are, aspire to that. We'll, <laughs> we'll let the, the audience know why in, in a few seconds, but, but you'll see you are a legend. Uh, so why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Because uh, the um, people that are listening to us probably don't know you that well. Um, Want to tell us a bit about yourself, your history with video games and all that? Yeah. Um, so I started playing games like many of your listeners, I'm sure, back in the you know back in the '90s, particularly. Uh, I grew up with a with an NES. Uh, it was my first system, but then. Uh, about a year later, actually, I got a Genesis. I think my family was doing pretty well financially because to get two <laughs> systems in two years is unheard of. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, we got a Genesis and uh, it was a Sonic pack-in. So we got Sonic 1 and that was huge for me. I was a big Mario guy, but I, there was something about Sonic that really captivated my young brain. But then the next year, we got a Super Nintendo, and the Super Nintendo as a system grabbed hold of my attention uh, as a youth more than the Genesis did. I still rented and played games for both systems, but that was the only Sega system I ever owned, and um, so I kind of feel a sense of regret about that, because especially as the, as the years went on with the Saturn and you know, even the Sega CD to some extent, and of course the Dreamcast, uh, so many good Sega games came out and I regretted not playing them. You should, um, you should. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> not to make you feel so bad kind of, or anything, but yeah. yeah. I, I do, I feel very bad. And I, I'm currently atoning for my sins, uh, actually, by, I started a blog called Sega Does, and it's at segadoes.com, where I am playing every game ever released for a Sega console um, starting playing and reviewing I should say 
Yes. Uh, starting from the SG-1000 and continuing to the Dreamcast. Um, this that's is why madness. We, I say you're a legend. <laughs> that's not a, a small feat. So, uh, playing mm -hmm. and reviewing every game ever released for every Sega console. Even the SG-1000 games. That's... I'm proud of you. I don't even know you, but I'm proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> those are painful. Some of those. I mean, not they're not all painful. That there's some good insight, you know, into Sega's history in the SG-1000. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been kind of rough so far. But I I've turned a corner now with the Master System. I'm getting deep into that, and uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to play some of the some of the Alex Kids and Fantasy Star. Yeah. And games that I have never played or heard of before. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's a strange thing. I not to plug myself too much, I guess, but I I finished a a project on the NES not too long ago mm -hmm. um, where I where I reviewed every North American NES game and that project started out differently, but when I stopped, I thought I'm done. I'm done with writing about video games. That was That took up three years of my life. I don't want to do this anymore. But then I started thinking about Sega games, and I just got fascinated with the idea of even attempting to do to play them all and and to talk about them all. And so that's that's kind of what brought me to this point. That along with not having played so many of Sega's classic um, output over the years. Yeah, so um, I actually didn't know about the the, the whole Genesis uh, owning deal. I thought you only had uh, Nintendo consoles or something. So uh, because I, uh, for those that don't, they are listening now. I don't know. I actually found about found out about SegaDas.com uh, by browsing through the iTunes Store, the podcast store, and I just looked up Sega podcasts. So I was I was just I was actually trying to fix a problem we had with iTunes in our own podcast on Radio Sega. Uh, so, first of all, thank you, Apple, for being such dickheads sometimes. But yeah, they removed <laughs> all of our podcasts from the store for some reason. And then wow. we went on, like, I, I, I think I spent a month or two months over uh, uh, discussing with the, the, their customer support a way of bringing them back. And yeah, and I had to do them all over again and upload them all over again and stuff. So yeah, apart from that, when I was <laughs> browsing through the store, I just looked up Sega podcasts and uh, Sega does came up. Uh, at the time, I think you had like three or four episodes up for downloading. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I really, I was fascinated about the, the, the whole uh, reviewing every game ever released for the for Sega consoles. Uh, but as I was saying, I started listening to the, the, the podcast and I was under the impression that you never played any Sega games. So, Oh, well, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean <laughs> to give that, that, uh, impression. Yeah. I, I did. A, I do own a Genesis. Mm -hmm. Um, but my, my time with it, I mean, I could, I could kind of, give you the name the games i played on you know two hands there's really just not that many and yeah. i've you know with some of the compilations that have come out in recent years for the ps3 like sonic's ultimate 
uh, Genesis Collection, mm-hmm. I think is the name of that. Yeah. I, yeah. I've played a few more. Um, but in general, I, I've missed out on that. And I think a lot of gamers have, especially, um, you know, especially since a lot of a lot of great Sega games, you know, kind of came out under the radar or I, I really feel like games magazines gave Nintendo more press and more publicity back in back in the day. Um, and as there, such, there were some issues those, with uh, oh, Sega had with with uh, retailers and uh, uh, games magazines in the time at the time, and they uh, some people say that those issues continue today. <laughs> But that's another another whole subject for another podcast for two or three hours of talk perhaps <laughs> about this issue but yeah um, apparently Sega didn't do well with, uh, with the whole promoting their games in some retailers and some magazines and stuff so yeah I think that the, the main issue happened in the US though in North America because in Europe as you probably know Sega actually did pretty good It, uh, yeah Sega yeah. did better than Nintendo for hmm. many years yep. if I remember correctly and um and in South America to some extent as well particularly mm-hmm. Brazil. Brazil with yeah. the master system mm-hmm. sure so yeah 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 and I think I think you're right I just think America once the NES came out you know the Genesis was huge for a, for a few years but uh they botched a lot of things Sega did uh with the Saturn launch and and with releasing so many consoles in such a short amount of time in the mid 90s like Sega CD and 32X True. very interesting footnotes now but at the time even as a kid I thought this is too much <laughs> who has the money for all this so yeah, exactly yeah yeah I, I never had a, a Mega CD or a, or Sega CD how it was called in the US or a 32X Exactly because of that, because I wasn't rich. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but true. So, if people, by the way, uh, we don't uh, we don't like Nintendo a bit, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but if people <laughs> want to check out your other blog, uh, where can they find it? The one, uh, the Nintendo, the Nintendo blog, the, yeah. is at uh, questicle.net. That's quest, and then icle.net. Um, okay. you could also, you could look up NES reviews and I'm in the top, usually the top two or three. <laughs> um, that's not trying to gloat. It's just, it's a lot easier sometimes to just look, yeah. look those up. So, um, Because no one had the, the balls to review every NES game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my reviews you. are a little different. <laughs> I, I try for the Nintendo games. I, I took a different Uh, stance and not a lot of people not a lot of gamers liked it uh, they're very they're a lot shorter than the Sega reviews and oh. not as focused on history that sort of thing but uh, mm-hmm. with Sega I'm, I'm doing it right so I'm making sure to include all the history and obviously my own takes on the games but particularly Sega is such a fascinating history both in the arcade and on the console end Mm-hmm. And uh, really getting in and exploring that. Um, there's just not a lot of info outside of a, a few Sega sites. Um, and Hardcore Gaming 101 is great. 
as well mm-hmm. uh, for certain games. But yeah, I just really want to contribute to the to the Sega presence on the internet. And that's why we love you. Uh, <laughs> no, even though we just met you, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, I think that that's a good point. We need more Sega info. Uh, from what I heard in the in the um, the podcast, you actually had a rough time finding info on the SG One Thousand games, right? Yeah, it's surprising. Well, okay, it's not that it's not surprising, surprising, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just I guess I'm surprised more more so that there's not more info now in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, you think somebody would have come along and and looked at these games in depth, not just on YouTube because there's videos of people playing SU1000 games on YouTube, but but in a written form, you know, with lots of screenshots and. Um, but I just think the console, you know, it was only available in Japan and select European markets. Uh, but it really only got support from Sega themselves. And it's just an odd system. It was only really supported for a couple years. And then the Mark III came out and, and Sega, you know, put it aside. Because even when it launched, uh, it was inferior to the Famicom in terms of technical specs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if you were a Sega fan in the 80s based on their arcade games, you know, the SG-1000 was a serious step downward. So, while not every game on there is bad, there's a lot of games that were compromised, you know, in order to fit on there. And, and as such, I think a lot of... I think Sega themselves really kind of brushed the SG-1000 aside and we're like no nah, we're just going to start fresh with the master system and and i think that's where a lot of fans and people on the internet think of you know sega is starting Sorry, with the master yeah. system mm-hmm. yeah true yeah, so even for those hardcore fans uh, maybe some people don't know about the sg1000 or all that much that there's actually um, a good uh, there's a website that's a good source for info on, on Sega games at segaretro.org I think it's .org yes. yeah? uh, I yes. think you mentioned uh, Sega Retro a few times in the blog but um, but I, I don't think they have all that much on SG-1000 games either So no they do have them all listed which I use them extensively for because I'm going in chronological order I'm mm-hmm. reviewing games in chronological order so I use them uh, extensively for You know which order do I review these games in? Which ones came first? And it really, they really helped me a lot. But you're right; they don't have a ton of info on the games, except for the some of the more well-known games like Girls Garden, you know, yeah. or things like that. But there are <laughs> there really aren't that many well-known SG1000 <laughs> games. So usually it's just a one one sentence write-up, and that's it. But yeah, like they're still they're a great resource or something. So. Yeah. One thing I, I like about the, uh, the the style you write your reviews in is, um, first of all, the humor, because all the puns oh, and thanks. everything. Yeah, I love them. So yeah, people who oh, know me you. and who listen to my shows know I love the puns. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, uh, the, those little snippets of history you put on the the reviews actually you actually try to. 
uh, tell people when the game was released, if there were any other versions for any, any other systems and everything. But I think that's that's nice. You, you even compare some of the games with their NES um, versions and stuff. And the Master System, if they were released in the SU-1000 and the Master System, you compare them. That, that's, I think, a, a good way to review the games. It's not your traditional reviewing method, I think, but it's a nice way for people wanting to learn more from Sega. Thanks, yeah. Um, yeah, while it's, doing it's this. It's actually what I call, sorry, it's actually what I call uh, so many times, but I, I always mention this. It's what I call Sega education. <laughs> nice. Very good. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to bust that yes, one out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hashtag Sega education. Yeah, I, I will credit you though, so don't worry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, I really, you know, when you make a bold claim like, I'm going to review every game on every Sega console, you really have to consider, all right, thankfully, a lot of their, you know, let's take Wonder Boy, for example. Wonder Boy was released on the SG-1000, the Master System, and the Game Gear. It's easier for me <laughs> and probably easier for readers if there's just one big you know review that focuses on all three of the games mm -hmm. and all three of the versions rather and uh, and that way too you know I don't have to like make a new review every single time a version of Wonder Boy comes along it's like oh I can just you know Wonder Boy's done it's in the can and it's good to go um, and that I think that I mean I don't know if everyone likes that but I appreciate that that you do and I appreciate I think a lot of people do uh, like that like that format and um, yeah I try and the history that fascinates me I will put in into the reviews because uh, like like we've talked about you know I, I just don't think a lot of people know a lot about Sega's history including myself and as I discover, I want to share that discovery with the audience. And I think that's one of the things that's one of the positives I've gotten a lot of feedback from is, is the history portion of, of the reviews. So I, I appreciate your compliments. No, it's okay. Yeah. I, I really enjoy reading your reviews. Um, yeah. Let's just uh, take a quick turn and talk about the podcast. So you have a podcast that's actually called Sega does, uh, surprisingly, <laughs> uh, so you have uh, a sidekick, let's call it that, uh, uh, on your on your show on your uh, podcast. Want to talk about how that partnership was created? Yeah, Sam. Sam's my boy. Um, he uh, we started doing a podcast in early 2013. Uh, it was called the Pixel Dojo Podcast, and it was dedicated to retro gaming and of all kinds, not just Sega, not just Nintendo, just anything that we wanted to talk about. And we did pretty well. We, we were starting to get some followers, but there were some complications within the show and the format. And um, I think some, some of the passion died throughout the year of doing podcasts and... Uh, then it it just got shut down sam just shut it down and when the time came to start up, up the sega site i really wanted to do something additional to the reviews i i'm 
I have never had any sort of experience with video capture equipment. Um, so I didn't think I would want to make videos right away, at least, um, of gameplay or anything. But I thought a podcast where two guys or three guys or however many talk about, you know, playing every every game in a row, you know, in chronological order, I thought that would be interesting. And it wouldn't just be, it would be a break from just my viewpoint on the site. And uh, so, uh, so I first thought of Sam because he and I have a good rapport with one another. And as I think is evident on the podcast. Yeah. And um, so, so yeah, he was all, he was game to do it. He's a big Sega fan, um, you know, starting back from the master system. And mm-hmm. he's, he's invested tons of money in collecting Dreamcast and Saturn games and things like that. And so I knew he was the right choice. And yeah, so that's how that began. We, we were in a different podcast together and, Unfortunately, you can't find any of those episodes of of our old podcast online, but that's okay. I think I think the Sega podcast is is the culmination of that and uh and we love doing it. So, it's it's a win-win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. So, uh, do you uh, both play all the games? Of course you do. Does Sam also play all the games? Or most yeah, of them? Yeah, he Yeah, he does. He plays um well, at, at least he, he pl- tries to, right? He does try to, yeah. I think Some there's a couple are, where are he's awful. missed. <laughs> yeah, th- there's a couple where he's missed, um, and I'm not sure why that happened. Uh, but in general, we we both try to play them all, even the different versions. Like, you know, he played all the versions of, of Wonder Boy, and uh, I think Teddy Boy Blues was another one, or Teddy Boy. Uh, we played, you know, quite a few different versions for that. So, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun going through with another person. You know, you, you feel like you feel like you're not alone <laughs> doing yeah, this yeah. thing. And uh, plus, it's just fun to hear his opinions because I, I don't talk with him before. We it's not like we plan how the show's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he likes a game or not. So he'll tell me once we're once we're live and recording. And uh, it's always fun to to argue or to agree depending on <laughs> depending on the game yeah okay uh how has been the, the the feedback to this initiative you took upon yourself to to start with the second blog how have people been reacting to this judging um, by the comments and everything yeah i would say i would say mostly positive um you know i think i think now that i'm out of the sg1000 and i'm into the master system I think the views are going to start picking up quite a bit. Um, but I have a very solid fan base, um, some of which came from the Nintendo blog mm-hmm. and others which found me just from looking up Sega stuff on Google, which is nice. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, I, I think as, as far as, it's mostly been positive. There's a lot of people who are saying, and rightfully so, that once I get to Saturn, you know, I'm probably going to have to slow down because, you know, collecting the games for the Saturn is so expensive. <laughs> and, um, you know, I might do some sort of Kickstarter crowdfunding type thing. I haven't figured that out yet. I think it's too soon for that. But, um, you know, or maybe people can let me borrow their games if they trust me to that capacity and I could return them. I don't know. But some of those games, especially the Japanese Saturn imports, you know, some of those run 
hundreds of dollars and yeah i don't know how that's gonna work <laughs> so <laughs> i'll try i'll just have to start collecting them now but yeah to answer your main question mm-hmm. uh people have been responsive to it i don't think a lot of people know about it still but also you know something i've taken into consideration is that the sega fan base i think I think is has dwindled not because Sega is a bad company, but because they don't make consoles anymore. And that's true. You know the the Dreamcast. Uh, you know there's still like homebrew games being made for the Dreamcast, but I think the last official Dreamcast game, at least in Japan, was in '05 or '06. But it was only like a there was only a couple that year, and so you got to consider. You know, if it's been eight years since the last Dreamcast game, and then realistically it's been about 12 since the Dreamcast has been widely available in the States, mm-hmm. there's a generation out there that doesn't know that Sega probably ever made consoles. And so um, it'd be cool to enlighten that group. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, sure, yeah. We, we face the same problem with, with Radio Sega because most of the people probably most of the people that uh, come across our website and the radio the the new people at least mostly know Sonic for them Sega is just Sonic so whenever you see a new member uh, of the website of the forums request music on on the on the 24-7 stream they always request Sonic because (laughs) that's all they know that's all they know yeah Sega is just Sonic for the kids nowadays so and that's what we try to uh, teach people. Sega education. <coughs> yes. Yeah. Once again. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, we always mention this. We, we don't just play Sonic music. We play Sega music. And we try to cover as many Sega games as possible. We keep trying to add new stuff to the playlist from the lesser known games and stuff. Because uh, the people that just, don't, that just know Sonic are missing out on lots of other great franchises. Even even those that were released after the Dreamcast, there are great games oh. released by Sega for third-party systems, but people just know Sonic. Some people think Sega's dead, even so. <laughs> That's true, and this. I mean, <laughs> and and yeah, it's it's. I think one of the most surreal moments for me growing up was when I first played Sonic Adventure 2 Battle on the GameCube. Nintendo GameCube and I I had a kind of an out of body experience like I'm playing Sega on a Nintendo console that's really odd but that's you're right you're absolutely right that's just a lot of people a lot of the younger generation just know Sonic and Sega are are just like one thing and and uh, but that's good I mean Sega Sega education is uh, <laughs> it's a great thing and needs to happen. One <laughs> so. day, Sega education will be on the dictionary. Uh, <laughs> I coined it. <laughs> I coined it. Anyway, yeah. Uh, one thing I forgot to, to ask um, a few minutes ago is how you um, how much time you, you spend playing a, a, an individual game. Uh, does it vary from game to game? You have like a I do this for one hour and then stop, or it depends. How's your method for reviewing, playing and reviewing games? Um, yeah, it absolutely depends on on the game itself. Um, obviously, a lot of the SG-1000 games, you know, I could spend 15 minutes playing one and get a really good feel because they're just so simple. And, mm-hmm. 
that's all that's needed. But now that I'm getting into Master System, I expect that I'll be spending upwards of an hour, depending on the complexity of the game. Um, with RPGs, I really, I, I kind of, I feel bad because I, I skimped on the time I gave RPGs for the for the Nintendo blog, but I really want to delve deep into into them um, once they come along like Fantasy Star I've never played that all the way through I think I've started it once on an emulator and gave up because I knew it was going to be huge and I didn't have time but I, I really want to take the time to play that game in full or you know most of it because I think if I don't do that and I put out a review I'm short selling the audience I'm not giving them you know the right feedback you know mm-hmm. it's like so um it's just really going to depend on the on the game and uh and if i can get a feel for the mechanics and and the style and to be honest good games will make you want to play them more so i usually <laughs> yeah. i usually judge that too like wonder boy i didn't want to stop playing wonder boy i really love that game but there's some other games i couldn't wait to turn off because <laughs> they just weren't that good um so I hope that answers your question yeah, a little bit. Sure. So, do you have a, like a, a timeline? Uh, do you have a plan for when you want to complete this project, or at least like a, a rough timeline? You want to do the Master System games in like six months or so, or, or it's it's just like whatever happens happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't thought that far ahead. Um, I've thought about. That realistically, this project will at least be a 10-year project, is my guess. At least. That's um, ambitious. Yeah, and I... A lot of people have said, you know, nobody's going to be interested after after a while. And I disagree. I think, I think the further I get, the more people are going to be interested. Um, I agree, I agree. Yeah, and I just think that to have one place to have one site on the internet that has every single i mean it's just like sega retro is for me now you know this will be for for reviews and podcasts you know it's like i want it to be a hub so that people can just go and and find you know information on any sega game they want doesn't matter what it is doesn't matter if it was released in japan or europe you know none of that it's there and that's going to take a long time uh but i'm i'm committed because i really i really just think it's fascinating i think sega is just a fascinating company um even even the things they did wrong i think are interesting <laughs> so and there's a lot they did right too i want to say um sometimes too late like with the dreamcast but but in general they're just they're such a they're one of the most interesting companies that's ever put out games and that's why i want to do them justice cool cool sometimes they did stuff too soon as well <laughs> yeah, they were they very were ahead, ahead of the of curve in a lot of yeah. ways yeah but um but yeah so do you own all the games you're reviewing right now or most of them <laughs> of course you do <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> Because, of yes we don't yeah. support piracy and stuff no i don't support <laughs> piracy here's what i'll say i don't support piracy but i support gamers 
being educated and playing these games uh, in the most legal way they can. But some of these games are impossible to find. Um, and so you have to take that into account. So that's what I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's face it. The company already had already made all the money they could with the game. So it's true. Yeah. Uh, any, any money you're putting towards old Sega games now is going towards the seller. Yeah. Third party. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, hmm. And now I just forgot what... Oh, I remember now. So, uh, from the games you played until now, so you're in the Master System. What year now? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still in 86. 86. So, I'm pretty early. Yeah. Okay, so you've played quite a lot of games right now. You started this project in March, right? April? Uh, I believe I started it in April. April. Yeah. Okay. So six months or so what was the worst game you played so far oh, oh the worst so game so many so many bad games it's <laughs> hard <laughs> yeah there's one um, there's one that was released I, I don't want to have to go too in, in detail about it but um, Sega licensed the rights to make um SG-1000 consoles to different companies, kind of like they did with the Saturn uh, in Japan in in the 90s. So uh, there was a version of the SG-1000 called Othello Multivision mm -hmm. and it came with its, like, there was a the company, uh, I forget the name of it, Sukeda Original I think, they put out a few original Multivision games that were still SG-1000, but I think you could only play them on the Multivision. It was kind of a weird situation. Anyway, there's a there's a shooter in that line of games they released called Space Mountain, and I don't think I've ever played a worse shooter in my life because it you just can't you can't do anything. You're it feels like you're playing an Atari game, but even in Atari games, you can kind of get a sense of what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to go. There's nothing to this. You're you're a spaceship in space, and things come along and destroy you, and that's it. I mean, it's it's really bad, and nobody's gonna have heard of it, and that's fine. It needs to it needs to perish, <laughs> in 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 nobody will have ever heard of it, and that's okay. It's called Space Mountain. Um, But there's a number of games. Uh, that's just one of many, and it's the one that came to my mind. So I'm I'm putting it out there on the <laughs> on the chopping block. <laughs> die, Space Mountain, die! Yes, yes, exactly. please, please. Uh, okay, <laughs> so people don't try that unless you want to uh, burn your eyes afterwards or something. Uh, yes. Best game then. Best game would be have to be a tie, um, probably between Wonder Boy. Uh, and let's see not everything in the SG-1000 lineup was bad there's a Girl's Garden which I mentioned earlier is a really interesting game and so is the castle I actually I think I like the castle over Girl's Garden because it's so ambitious um, 
for SG-1000, it's really just on another level and better than some Master System games, I think. It's, I don't know if you want me, do you want me to talk about the gameplay or you just want me to sure. leave it at that? Why not? Okay, so the castle has, is basically just, you're, you're a prince, I think, and you're exploring a castle and you have to explore a hundred rooms of the castle before you can beat the game and each room is different and so there's a hundred distinct screens for this game which is insane for the SU-1000 as a result of the ambitiousness the game moves kind of slow but it's totally worth it I think because um, the premise is you, you you collect keys it's going to sound stupid, but bear with me. <laughs> you collect keys, and you use those keys to unlock doors to go to the next room so you can collect more keys <laughs> to unlock more doors. <laughs> and it's basically a collect-a-thon, but you have to watch out for enemies because you don't have a weapon. Um, you only have this really high jump. And so you think, well, not having a weapon would, would debilitate you, but it really it's not a big deal. As long as you are able to figure out how to jump over the enemies, it's fine. So can you jump so, on the enemies? No, no, you you'll die. Okay. Um, but you can push um, like blocks into the enemies and they'll die, oh. and they never reappear, which is nice because sometimes you'll have to revisit rooms that you've already been in and so it's nice that the enemies don't come back because then you can explore you know at your leisure Um, there's no time limit it's you know it's just kind of a it's a non-linear action adventure game that for me felt very ahead of its time when I was playing it and I think it's a port of a computer game and it has that computer game feel but the SG-1000 version pulls it off pretty well so yeah I definitely recommend that and Wonder Boy I think most people most of your listeners have at least heard of or played right probably <laughs> they should have yeah what do you think of Wonder Boy if I, I may I never played the, the the 8-bit Wonder Boy actually oh okay I only played the, the 16-bit versions the, the several Wonder Boys uh, yeah there's a ton yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I love Wonder Boy. I think um, I played. I actually played. Uh, what's the, the last one? I, I can't uh, remember the name. Monster the numbers. World. Uh, they're all. Uh, the last one were, was Monster World, but it was Wonder Boy Five, Monster World Four. Yeah, something. that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. But um, I, I, we actually have a, a listener, uh, Koki, from the Sega Nerds website as well. Uh, he loves. Uh, Wonder Boy in Monster World so he probably if I'm saying this wrong he's probably shaking his head and why but yeah the, the last one I only played uh, on the, the Xbox 360 a, f- a few months ago I think I downloaded it to, through the, the XBLA service and uh, oh, I okay. never uh, completed it actually need to complete that along with yeah. several other games I could yeah, the, I think they released a Wonder Boy collection on yeah, the PS2. Yeah, yeah. Se- Sega did, if I'm not mistaken. I think um, I think you have something on the the Xbox Live Arcade and the, the PSN systems, the services. So 
in the, oh, the compilation. Check that out. Yeah, yeah. I think I could could just Google that quickly, but I think uh, you have three games, two games. Not sure. But yeah, if you Google that, people listening to us, yeah, you can find out. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> but, but I think it's a nice series and deserves more more love from people. Uh, awesome soundtracks, actually. Yeah, I've heard this. The first soundtrack was was okay, but I've heard they get amazing as yeah. the series progresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what what did you think of the of the the eight bit version of the game? It, well, plays a lot like Adventure Island because it basically oh. is Adventure Island. <laughs> That's surprising. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I think it controls better than Adventure Island, and the Master System uh, graphics are far superior uh, to Adventure Island to the to the NES in general. It's one of the most colorful 8-bit games I've ever played, so I it's I uh, really enjoyed that aspect of it. I'm not usually a graphics guy, but I was I was pretty shocked. But yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was great, and I'm looking forward to playing the the upcoming Wonder Boys. And Monster Worlds. <laughs> and Monster Worlds, yeah. <laughs> That's the, the weirdest thing, I think, <laughs> in a game series. <laughs> the, yeah, I don't know how the they crossovers expected people to... or whatever they did with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they expected people to keep track of that. Even now, it confuses me, but... <laughs> But uh, they're all they're all good from what yeah, I understand. Yeah, so exactly. at least they got that going for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. You also mentioned Girls Garden, right? Uh, for people not in the know, it was the first game that Yuji Naka uh, worked on, the creator of Sonic. Not sure yeah, if you mentioned a, that in game. the review. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, that it was Yuji Naka's first game, and you know. I, To some extent, people make a big deal out of out of that, I think, or at least the game sites I've read, you know, they always mention, oh, it's his first game. And I think that's a good thing to mention, but really, I think why it's important that it, it that it is his first game is that the game is so good when so many SU-1000 games are so bad that it shows that, and it's also original, like there was no arcade version of Girls Garden, which a lot of the SG-1000 games were arcade ports. Mm-hmm. So this was an you know an original take on something. I've still never played anything quite like it, but for those who don't know, uh, you play a girl and you have to obviously, and you have to um, <laughs> uh, collect flowers in, in, in the garden? It no, not quite in the garden. Ah. <laughs> in the, it's like it's this field, and there's bears in the field. Those are your enemies, but you have pots of honey, and you can drop the, the honey, and it'll distract the bears, and then you can move along your merry way. Well, you collect a certain amount of flowers, and this is this is kind of strange for some Western listeners, I'm, I'm sure, but like you give the flowers to your boyfriend, <laughs> and... Uh, the reason you give them to him is because he is if you don't he will run away with another girl <laughs> of course that so, makes perfect sense 
So it really cracks me up. Like, the premise cracks me up, but the game itself is really... It's, I mean, it's, you know, it's simplistic, but but it's very, very different um, from games of the day. Mm-hmm. And and I think that, you know, Yuji Naka's talent is, is there from the get-go. Yeah. And uh, it's very well developed and just an interesting interesting title for sure yeah and people complain about the lack of female leads on games so exactly there you go (laughs) yeah enjoy that and sega does (laughs) sega does and ninja princess too which was another exactly yeah i was listening to the the latest uh, sega does podcast the latest episode and you mentioned uh, the ninja versus uh, ninja princess right ninja girl yep what? Ninja, Ninja Gardens? <laughs> Ninja, what? <laughs> I'm confused now. But yeah. Um, another female lead, right? So. Yep. Yeah. There you go, Sega Ducks. So, stop complaining. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's not get into that. Um, yeah. So, I think I think we've covered the um, your your blog. So, people just go check it out. And you can also check out the, the podcast. But of course, we could never uh, let our guests leave without something we do on the, on the Sega Lounge. So, uh, we didn't talk about this prior to recording the, the interview because I like to make this a surprise. But uh-huh. everyone that comes on the Sega Lounge has to go through some sort of a challenge. Okay. Uh, it can be anything. Uh, but before that, we, we also like to scare people by playing the intro to the Sega Lounge Challenge. So are you ready to <laughs> listen to the intro? Yeah. All right, let's okay. do it. L- let's let's just listen to this. Now you know our guests. They're amazing. They're stars. But are they ready for the Sega Lounge Challenge? It can be a quiz in reverse music. It can be anything we want. Welcome, welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. And that's it. So, uh, now that you're scared, were you able to listen to this, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yes, and I am scared. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> but yeah, so the Sega Lounge Challenge, this week, it's just a, a simple thing. A uh, really short one, but it, it's a quiz based okay. on some of the games you already played and reviewed. So I went to oh, your blog and picked yeah. a few games. Some of the questions are really silly, but I, I'm sure you know all of the, the answers. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with it's that. It's not that yeah. hard. It's not that hard, really. Um, so are you ready? Oh yeah, let's okay. do this. So we have five questions. We usually have ten, but I went with five. Um, so you need to at least get three answers or questions right uh, to get the Sega Launch seal of approval, which is our imaginary uh-huh. prize. Uh, for <laughs> All our, right. I <our> guess. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll have a, a, a real seal or something to put on websites or something. We don't know. Anyway, let's start with question number one. Which of the following entries in the Champion series features box art with the colors red, blue, and yellow. Option A, Champion Tennis. Option B, Champion Golf. Option C, Champion Baseball. 
Hmm. So red, as you red, see, blue, and yellow, yeah, right? Specific uh, <laughs> questions about the gameplay of, of course. Uh, yeah. Call it um, the box art. So let's let's see. I want to say, I want to say it was champion baseball. Is that your final answer? Yes, sir. Okay. And you're correct. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so if Excellent. you got this one right, you will get them all right. Uh, question number two. Roderick is the main character in which of these SG-1000 games? Option A, Hero. Or H-E-R-O. Option B, Load Runners. Option C, Elevator Action. I'm gonna go with Hero. Are you sure? Yeah. Of course you are. Exactly. Alright. Uh, <laughs> very well. Question number three. Which of the following SG-1000 puzzle games was developed by Activision and featured a man on top of an iron structure in the box? Option B. Uh, option A, option B. Uh, option A, Rock and Bolt. Option B, Shove It, the warehouse game. Option C, Championship Load Runner. Hmm. I think I'm gonna have to go with Rock and Bolt. Yeah. So, option A, Rock and Bolt. Are you sure? Yep. Yep. Wanna call your friends? No. No. <laughs> I'm gonna do a 50 50 on this one. Yeah. 50 50 <laughs> out of three options. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, very well. So you've got uh, the three out of five already, but let's see if we can go for a perfect score. Number four. What famous monument is featured in the box art of Bomb Jack for the SG 1000? Option A The Great Wall of China. Option B The Sphinx. Option C, the Acropolis. Ooh, this is a good one. Yay. <laughs> good and good in that it's hard. <laughs> I mean, not that the other ones weren't good, but yeah, I, I'm having to rack my brain for this one a little bit. So, and oh. again with the box art. So, yeah, the box art. I want to say the Acropolis. Huh, final answer. Final answer. Option C, the Acropolis. Yes. Nope. Oh. Although the Acropolis is... You actually have a screenshot uh, of the game and it features the Acropolis, but the box art has the Sphinx on it. Ah, Option B. Okay, so final question. Which Master System game was endorsed by Japanese singer Yoko Ishinu? Option A. Hang on. Option B. <coughs> Fujishi, Fujishi, Fujishi no Oshiro Pitpot. Or Pitpot <laughs> the Magical Castle. My Japanese is awesome. Or option C, Teddy Boy Blues. Well, I love this song. <laughs> I love the song that she sings. I think it's surprisingly great. Uh, so we're going to go with Teddy Boy Blues. Of course, of course, that's the correct answer. So, yeah. So four out of five, not bad. Woohoo! Yeah, we should have some applause. Do, do I have some applause here? I do, I do. Yay! 
We also have kids cheering, so maybe. Yay! Yay. <laughs> okay. No, no, hold your applause, kids. No, <laughs> I'm no hero. <laughs> Not like Roderick Hino. Not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not like Roderick. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's that's the, the Sega Launch Challenge. Uh, pretty good um, performance there in, in the Sega Launch Challenge. Not that was a nice surprise, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're welcome. So, yeah, um, anything else you'd like to uh, add to this little conversation we're having about the Sega's blog? Can you Do you want to tell people how they can find you on the, the interwebs apart from the, the blog and everything? Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the website obviously is, is segadoes.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the Dylan B. Um, so that's the D Y L A N the, and um, I'm on Google Plus as well. Just search Dylan Cornelius. Uh, not a lot of people use Google Plus, but I was going to uh, ask what's a Google Plus. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's, it's a just it's a disease. Yeah, <laughs> um, and. Obviously, you can you can find the podcast on iTunes. Um, I think I think a lot of people find it easier to just go there. But you can also find it at segadoes.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so please stop by. Please comment. Um, obviously, if you're if you're listening to this, you you listen to the Sega Lounge, but continue to support Radio Sega and and uh, David and his his co-host and all their endeavors. So, <laughs> so thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I actually um, I recommend everyone to go uh, if you don't have time to read the reviews. Maybe you have a busy life, busy schedule. At least listen to the podcast because it's entertaining. Okay. And uh, you can learn all about the Sega Library of Games, Sega Education. There you go. So, That's right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe people will enjoy the podcast. And don't forget, uh, same as with Radio Sega uh, podcast on iTunes. Don't forget to leave a review as well if you enjoy Sega does, uh, because that that's actually nice of you. Just, Leave a review if it's a good one, of course. If it's a bad one, don't bother. Yeah, too yeah. Much, keep too much keep your thoughts to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> who cares? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Talk to your wives or something. Yeah, I really don't like that podcast. Okay, don't write about it. Too much trouble. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> who has Who has the time to complain on the internet? I mean, yeah. come on. Never heard of that on the internet. <laughs> no. No all positive <laughs> <laughs> win-win <laughs> yeah so uh, thanks a lot Dylan for dropping by um, the Sega Lounge we we love to have you on, on the show maybe we can have you on the show uh, sometime in the future maybe when you re- start reviewing Mega Drive games or something yeah any, that would any, be great yeah when do you think you'll start with the, the Genesis Mega Drive games you? you know that actually, yeah, that won't be too long. I don't think. Um, I'd say, I'd say within it, if I keep up the pace that I'm I'm at now, I'd say a year, year and a half. 
because the the Genesis, the Mega Drive was released in late 88, 1988. Mm-hmm. So shouldn't shouldn't be too long. But yeah, um, yeah, and maybe we can uh, maybe we can reciprocate and have you on. You can talk about your Sega experiences. I'd love to get different perspectives on the show in the future. Yeah, I'd love that. Maybe we can cook something up. Yeah. But yeah. by the way, one one final quick question: How many uh, SG One Thousand games did you play? So you've you've covered oh. all the SG One Thousand games right now, right? Oh, except for one, which was released in 1987. Um, I would say I've played about 70... I want to say 75 or 76. It's in there. It's in the 70s. Wow. Um, yeah, quite a few. Um, but there wasn't, you know, there wasn't that many that were released. So um, Sega basically supported that system single-handedly. So when people talk about how Nintendo can't support, you know, the Wii U or the, you know, I, I say bollocks because Sega did it <laughs> 30, 30 years prior. So <laughs> Nintendo can do just fine. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Okay. Nice. Okay. So we'll keep on checking your blog and the podcast and I hope you enjoy playing those Master System games. Uh, because there are quite a few of them <laughs> to play during the coming months and I hope I wish all the best to you and Sam on the podcast and to you specifically on the blog so go check out segadas.com we'll uh, end the show with a, oh before we end the show I completely forgot but just a, a quick note about upcoming shows on Radio Sega this week so don't forget after we uh, end the Sega Lounge in a couple of hours or so we'll have uh, RSN Live with voice at midnight BST don't forget we have some time travels this week this weekend on, on Europe so uh, is it one one hour uh, earlier later I'm not sure I'm really good with time travels with <laughs> change of time zones but I, I think it's an hour later actually uh, sh- the shows that air uh, on Monday and the following week are airing one hour later so we move from BST or Daylight Savings Time to the GMT don't forget that but um, tonight the RSN Live show will air at midnight BST tomorrow Rexy will be back with Sega Mix Drive so two hours of Sega remixes 9pm uh, BST and uh, there are no shows this Saturday so you have the weekend off go enjoy life go outside and play or something if it's raining take an umbrella maybe it's, it's the best anyway <laughs> thank you again Dylan for joining us on the Sega Lounge and we'll uh, end the show with a Sonic track uh, so Dylan picked a few games from which we selected a couple of tracks each and from Sonic 1 we'll end the show with Starlight Zone so everyone thank you for listening to the Sega Lounge keep on listening to Radio Sega we play the best Sega music 24-7 and we have the craziest and most random shows on the internet bye bye
every week a different guest, Sega music, news, and whatever else we can think of. The Sega Lounge, only on Radio Sega. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.